We are here because of God's grace. It's through God's love and grace that we acknowledge the First Nations people on whose land we meet. We acknowledge their care for country, land, oceans and waters. We acknowledge elders past, present and future. We acknowledge past injustices. And we acknowledge the need through Jesus and with Jesus to work towards conciliation. You've found the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church, where we go deeper and wrestle with the stuff we talk about on a Sunday morning. So please join us as we take next steps together. Hey everyone, just a disclaimer. Matt Garvin had a lot of trouble with his internet connection and his audio quality this week. Uh, Apologies for uh, any drops in quality that you hear. There are certainly parts where his sound is choppy and not great, but it's understandable. Hopefully it doesn't detract too much from your experience. Hello and welcome to the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church. I'm Matt Henderson. I'm your host. Joining me is Pastor Dan, Pastor Matt and Pastor Paul. Lots of pastors here today. Uh, We were recording this on Monday the 25th of October and you'll be able to download it on Wednesday the 27th of October. Welcome guys. Matt, give us a bit of a a bit of a summary of uh, what you what you shared with us on Sunday. Well, I was wanting to find some sort of pasta joke, but I just it just didn't come. So I was with, <laughs> something eating some pasta. Yeah, yeah, something about linguine or something. Anyway, leave that alone. Um, we're talking about, and I'm going to make a choice to leave that alone. So we're going to talk about choices uh, and choosing, uh, that, and that's really where we're up to on the journey. We've been uh, engaging with this diagram that uh, we've been bouncing off what it means to grow faith and uh, on Sunday uh, I was wanting to communicate just the, the necessity of making choices that that one of the one of the real dangers uh, is that we uh, have a, a nice uh, spiritual experience but nothing changes uh, and and I actually think we in the, the Western Church have placed a real emphasis on the spiritual experience uh, and and less of an emphasis on making choices that, that produce change. And so I was bouncing off uh, Ephesians 4, 20 through 24, and uh, that kind of starts by Paul saying, look, there's an old way of life, and he's saying, That's not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him according to the truth that's in Jesus. And the whole point of this isn't to, you know, to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. The whole point of everything we're saying is that we we want to focus on Jesus. We we want to be people who are actually transformed by Jesus' love. And so uh, as we do that, uh, Paul goes on and he says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to be put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. He's saying there is a, a way of life. It's interesting. He, uh, he in Ephesians 4.20, says he's talking about the, the way of life 
that we heard about in Jesus. And, and I think a big part of what he'd want to encourage us to do is to think about our way of doing life. And so that's really at the heart of everything we're, we're wanting to say. And what he's saying is, in order to say yes to Jesus, you've got to say no to the old way of life. You've got to put it off. And always to, to say yes to anything is necessarily saying no to something else. And uh, I, I pointed out, this is my, my current experience, uh, that Jesus doesn't promise to make your circumstances what you want them to be. Bad things are still going to happen, but you can still choose your way of life. You can still choose your response to life. And uh, I, I was, as I was unpacking that, I was saying, but it's not always just about choosing in the moment. And that's often, again, this is one of the mistakes we make. We often want the, the spiritual moment, the, the mountaintop moment. But, but actually, the, the kind of choice that makes a difference is the, the choice of discipline. And I was using Barbie Clark as an example of someone who, who has learned the discipline of knitting. I really, even if a, someone pointed a gun at my head right now, I would not be able to knit a jumper because I have not had that discipline. I actually don't know what to do with knitting needles. I would have no idea how to need to jump, but because she has that discipline, she is able to make that choice. And and at the heart of the Christian faith is this call to to discipline. As the Paul Paul writes in Timothy, um, physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise uh, for both the present life and the life to come. So he says, train yourself to be godly, and that, I think that's what he's talking about. So really, uh, in response to Jesus' love for us, we are called to choose his way of life, to make choices. Now, that will come after we have focused on Jesus, created space to reflect, and been open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, we get to a point where we've got to make a choice. And that was kind of the heart of the, the first half of the message, what I was communicating from the shores of Lake Waruna uh, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Dan, this idea of of having to to make choices, having to to stand for something, that's an interesting idea, isn't it? In a in a a culture that seems more and more to be in favour of not making choices, in favour of uh, keeping your options open all the time. Uh, don't know if you have any thoughts yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, as someone that plans events, particularly on Facebook. There's so many people that tick the, I'm interested, but there's a lot that don't say I'm coming. <laughs> and, it, and as someone that's trying to organize things, yeah, it's frustrating to, to not have that commitment uh, and, and to know that people, you know, want to be there. Uh, but it is, it's cultural that people are just kind of, you know, just wanting to make sure they don't clash or, or yeah, I don't know why there's a sense of delay in making that commitment um using that yeah as an analogy i think yeah, we see a lot in life where people are delaying decisions um just uh, yeah either to see what happens or or just anxiety of of, of what you know close i guess what matt was saying there in saying no to other things mm. uh and so yeah i think we do see in our culture people Making choices, um, and, and some of that is, yeah, through anxiety. Some of that is just that lack of commitment to to really take that next step. Mm. 
Do you think it's lack of commitment, Dan, or do you think sometimes it's just they're trying to appease people? People are trying to appease each other. And then at the last minute, they go, well, I can't appease four things at once that I'm, so yeah. I'm going to appease. So, I, you know, it's a choice. Yeah, I agree. It's yeah. a choice. I, I don't know whether it's deliberate. I just think people don't want to get other people upset in this day. That's the, that's the other side of it I think of too. I think we live yeah. in a very, in a culture that's become very indirect. Like we, we communicate in sort of sideways fashions a lot. Um, I don't know whether, whether you think there's some truth to that, Matt, about, about the way we, we talk to one another and deal with one another in our, in our culture these days. I think we've retreated to our silos. And so many of us, are, uh, uh, um, I think that's true one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, and we're not, we're losing the ability to do conflict well. Mm. Um, so that's, a, that's, and so what we do is spout off on social media. Uh, and so happy to disagree and put our choices out there for everybody to see. And, and even it's interesting, people talk about your personal brand and, and people, uh, you know, want to put that out there, but but ultimately, there's this question. This is what Jesus calls us back to. He said, look, what, what are you living your life about? And this Paul Paul says the sign of immaturity is that you are thrown about by life, like in mm. Ephesians 4. I think that's what Paul's getting at. Um, Paul dare, not Paul the Apostle, uh, when he says, look, we, are, we live in a culture where we're, we're too determined by other people's opinions of us and, and we're, we're, we're desperate for affirmation. And, and I think the, the picture of maturity that the Bible calls us to is to, to have a solid foundation, to, to not be determined by life. And mm. it's not a superficial thing. Uh, it's not an easy thing to go against the flow, uh, but it is a, like it's, it's the, the call of our moment in time, I think. And I, I, I think uh, it is so much easier just to tell people what they want to hear. I mean, we have whole models of church growth based on giving people what they want rather than calling them to the gospel. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think this call to make choices is a pretty countercultural mm. way of doing things that, that I think is also right at the heart of the gospel that you can't really avoid if you want to, you know, be real. And so, Paul, how do we encourage encourage people into this uh this way of, of of living where they're they're actually willing to take responsibility and stand for for things and rather than equivocating and trying to please people and trying to be everything to everyone all the time how, how do we how do we actually go about encouraging people to step into that i think the biggest one is we've got to make people not feel guilty and i think even as a church we do it like I was thinking about the way we read announcements, the way we talk about things. It says, this is happening. This is really, really good. You know, it's putting pressure on you to come. There's not like, this is happening. If you feel like God's telling you to go to it, let's go to it. And then when it doesn't work out, we all feel really disappointed and angry that people didn't turn up. You know, like, it's just, we've got to stop feeling guilty and making people feel guilty about their choices. I, I think that's probably the biggest one we can, as an individual, we can do. That's towards other people. And for us looking out, you know, like if someone asks to do something, we've got to be honest and be able to say no and not feel guilty about it. 
And I think it's how do you overcome that feeling of guilt is, is probably the biggest social pressure, the biggest thing to actually overcome. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, but I think that's how do you overcome the guilt within yourself for making a choice mm. that then hurts or affects somebody else. Hmm. Dan, you were saying earlier, you deal with this all the time as, as a person who does lots of organizing of teams and rosters and communities within our community. And so you, you find yourself in this place of having to encourage, cajole um, people to, to get involved in stuff or to maintain their involvement in stuff. How do you, how do you manage that? Yeah. And I think as I'm listening to, to Paul, I think I agree that, um, the other part is there's an overload of events <laughs> like the, there's so much things going on um which then yeah, contributes to that confusion of what do i commit to or um mm. and in some ways different aspects of of the same thing and and um yeah it's it's i mean matt and i've talked about the wrestle in this in that we want to call people into their calling um and if everyone's doing that i mean what's that going to look like because uh, you know, that's new for a church to really be pushing people stepping into their calling. And so we're navigating, what does that look like when, when someone over here wants to run an event and someone over here wants to run something that is attuned to their heart of what they feel God's calling them to do. So how do we as a church support that without it becoming just a list of events for people to attend to? Um, so uh, that's probably not an answer at the moment, but that's the wrestle that we're in, in, in how do we um, unify in what God's doing? You see that bigger picture of what he's doing amongst our congregation and um, these events. Like I said, we don't want to just run events for events sake and just load up people's calendars with things to do. Um, they need to be um, choices of that are following um, God wholeheartedly. Mm. Yeah. Matt, it seems like we have this, Almost like a like two competing things that are that that hold hold us back as as people is that on the one hand we're so distracted by all of our online social media digital stuff more distracted maybe than any other generation, but on the other hand we're so busy, mm. and I just don't know if you want to speak into that tension. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily opposite forces. I think one of the reasons we're busy is we're distracted. But uh, do you want to? But I, do you want to explain that because that that sounds that sounds a little bit uh, counterintuitive. Well, I, I think one of the um, time management tools that often people will use is a a diary where they get people that they do a bit of an audit and they get someone to write down over the course of a, a week how they actually spend their time what they actually spend their time on uh, so more of a logbook or something and i i have a sneaking suspicion that if we got most people to actually do that and then to evaluate what percentage of the time they were doing or they were spending was they would consider productive time, either in terms of relationship or producing something or something that they, they're pleased that they spend their time on. And what percentage of their time was sort of filling time or, or being distracted? I think most of us have available hours in the day that are not being used either to 
to recreate well and 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 have healthy space or build relationship or be productive we, we're using our time our time is getting sucked from us and i think this is where the discipline thing comes nails it and paul talk, and i think this whole thing of getting a foundation for your life mm. like if if your world if your decisions are determined for you by the external forces the external forces in our worlds uh you can keep distracted and doing stuff 24 7. we spend hours and hours doing nothing uh filling our life with distraction i i really i do think this is where the, paul's trying to get at the, the heart of the question is about discipline and how do how do we make choices so that our external circumstances aren't determining us. I was really pleased to have the first drafts of these little cards we handed out on Sunday, that just introducing people to some of these spiritual disciplines like fasting and prayer and learning the Bible and Sabbath. And, and, and these kinds of things become platforms in your life that mean that you are not then determined by all these other voices that come in. There are so many voices that want to shape our lives for us. And uh, I, I do think this is one of the central questions for us at the moment. There's so many ways you can spend your time. But as, as Ecclesiastes says, everything is beautiful in its time. And, and our task is to work out with God what the time is. What is the time? What, what am I meant to be doing in this moment? And we will not be doing that if we're handing our time to netbook and netflix and facebook and and uh all the other voices come in from outside and this is part of the job i think the central question of what it means to be a follower of jesus now what does it mean to make choices based on our relationship with god rather than make choices based on keeping people happy or what is trendy or you know even just doom scrolling through twitter Paul, Matt's talking a lot there about things like self-control and discipline. It's very um, unsexy kind of words to use in today's day and age. How, how do we get people to want to do this stuff? Um, by not making them feel guilty. I, I think that's the key to it. I've been thinking about it as we've been talking this morning. And I was, I'm thinking about it, and it's through no one's fault. Sorry, that's bad for bad view. Through It's no one's fault, but... It's just one of those things that we have this innate ability to make other people feel guilty without realising it. And I think, I think we've just got to reinforce the, the fact we're not trying to make him feel guilty. And therefore, you know, we have more time to do things. I actually think people end up not doing stuff because it overwhelms them. They can't be like somebody. Mm. And we're all individuals, according to God, I understand that, but people just want to emulate somebody. And, you know, like, and, you know, Matt being the senior pastor, most of them, when it comes to their spiritual disciplines, want to emulate Matt. And because we're all hardwired differently, I actually think we get confused and we try to emulate Matt exactly what Matt's doing rather than necessarily emulate what Matt's trying to achieve, which is spiritual discipline. So, mm. for example, an example would be Matt talks about how he's really got into Bible reading this year and it's now part of his daily life. And so what could happen is for an individual that they can go, oh man, I want to read my Bible. I'm no good at it. I'm not just not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and scroll through Facebook. 
and I think that's what happened. So yeah, that, ring, that rings really true to me, Paul, because like, I'm just seeing, just bouncing off what you were just saying. The last two years, I, I've started the year with this goal of like, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. I've never managed to read through my whole Bible in a year. And I've made a plan of how to do it. I've worked out how many pages of my, my Bible that I like, or how many pages that I'd have to read a day to get through the year. And then for the first couple of months, I'm, I'm roaring through it. It's really great. And then I'll miss a day for whatever reason. And it's just stuffed up. And then it's almost like, there's almost like a thing in my head that's like, oh, you've stuffed it up now. You can't do it. And I think a lot of people have that kind of experience. I agree. A lot of people do have. And it's how do we teach people to overcome that? And that's what we're talking about choices. And that's what we're trying yeah. to all, all get to that, that point this morning. And, you know, basically, for me, it comes down to really not caring what other people think. And um, people get upset by that, but that's really what it boils down to. I don't care what you think. I'm my own person. I'm not a child of God. And this is what I'm going to do. That's what it boils down to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan, how do you respond to that? Yeah. Two things that really stood out to me was um, thinking through that same situation where, you know, there's been practices or disciplines I've tried and, and I've hit a wall and, and yeah, this, the guilt can set in, but, uh how i've overcome that well, one i think is being optimistic i'm a bit of an optimist and i just see more the opportunity like we, we were talking in our um, discussion group yesterday um between the sermon um how the word discipline has become a negative word that, that marie was yes. reflecting how in childcare you're not actually allowed to use the word discipline you use behavior behavior correction or behavior something um to you know to sound as intrusive as discipline um whereas i look at the word and i just see an opportunity there to grow to to um to i guess like matt was saying to achieve something that i can't can't do right now um but i think if we look at it as i failed uh yeah i kind of i like to reverse that to go oh well what can i learn from this and how do i go forward and then to tie in with what paul's Thing there too. I think a massive thing for me was having to understand that, yeah, I'm a child of God and no one else's opinion really matters um, but God's. And I, I know that he's pleased with me. He's, he's pleased with me attempting uh, this. Uh, and, and so for me to stumble in it, it's, it's, it's no big deal. Um, but I agree for me to take off um, people's expectation to just mm. focusing on who, on what God thinks and says about me um, was a big part of then being able to overcome barriers in in wanting to to do some of these disciplines hmm. yeah thanks dan um I, I think there's a real truth too in what paul was sort of getting at um if i was to summarize it paul like <sighs> behavior change trying to to change someone's behavior from the outside doesn't work I mean, it, it might work for a little while, but it doesn't take. For, for, for someone to really make life changes, it, it has to be an internal thing. You have to actually want to do it. It has to be a thing that, that, that you want in your life or else it won't work. Um, Matt, I don't know if that, if that sounds right to you or not, but that, that's, hmm. that's certainly how I see it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm really pleased with how we're looking at the spiritual discipline side of things with rather than saying this is how you have to read the bible or this is how uh you have to observe sabbath 
giving people this suite of little guides that raise questions and help people think it through and say, okay, what do you want from me? And, and actually saying, God will never be asking you to deal with all of this at once. It'll always be a, a once at a time kind of thing. And so, yeah, I, I do think that uh, it's really important for us not to load on people uh, our expectations and even to allow uh, to allow people to take the journey. Like, what, what, and this is trying to, what we're trying to say is that for each one of us, uh, if we need to create, somehow create the space that's right for us so we can reflect and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, uh, the Holy Spirit will, will bring to us things that need to change and, we need, and choices we need to make. Mm. So, Dan, you, um, you walked us through the second part of the message on Sunday. Um, give us a yeah. summary of what you, what you shared with us. Yeah, well, it was really trying to pick up on those um, themes of even when we make the wrong choice or, or we feel guilty for that choice, that there's forgiveness there. There's, there's a way forward. Um, we, you know, God is a God of second chances and, and so I guess I wanted to spell out the seriousness of our choices in following Jesus. And, and we looked at that in Luke, um, his response to different people that said, oh, yeah, I want to follow you. But he was testing, well, do you really want to follow me? Because um, it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be, um, you know, there's no earthly inheritance. There's no convenient timing. Um, and to then, yeah, I guess look at it from more of um, where I started, in talking about how um, each of our lives are defined by our, our choices. So I guess as Matt was kind of encouraging us, encouraging us looking forward, I, at the start initially was kind of saying, well, looking back, um, you know, we, we've experienced our choices, um, some good and, and some bad, and, and to go, well, you know, again, there's, there's repentance, there's forgiveness there. And so I started, I guess, to bookend it really was, was a song about um, it's your life and what are you going to do um, because people are watching you, and um, that was reflected in um, my, Maria's grandfather's passing in, in people telling the stories of, of his choices of, of praying for for each person and, and just simply loving his family. Uh, and that's what he was known for. And, and that was why so many people were coming to honor him. Um, but also then to what I ended with was, was one of my favorite songs. It says um, just how much um, forgiveness is a sweet thing and, and that I don't want to abuse God's grace, that we need it every day. And it's the only thing that really makes us want to change is, is that realization of, of the grace that is there before us so um I was, yeah that was the way i thought thought god was leading me in tackling this what it means to make our choices hmm. so what do you think paul how does how do you respond to that um i think i agree <laughs> i was listening <laughs> sorry dan and I, I, I was thinking about um choices we make and and our history, and I was actually thinking more along the line of, um, I think you touched on it, not everything in life is good. And we've talked about hills and valleys before. And I think it's what we, choices, it's true. So choices, so true is choices, what we make and how we make them and, and the repercussions of them. But we have to own them. And if you do it with God in your heart, 
It doesn't mean we'll get everything right. It doesn't mean everything will be good. You know, like anger is an emotion, just like happiness is an emotion. So there'll still be times when you're angry in life. There'll still be times when you're sad in life, and that's okay. And it's then, it's then we've got to make those choices where you talked about is, okay, I'm angry today. Let's talk to God about it. Or I'm sad today. Let's talk to God about it. But it's okay. And I think this is a big thing we, with our choices, no matter what choices we make in life, which what you were saying, people are watching. Hmm. But as long as we honour God, that's, the, that's, the, that's the, what it boils down to. I don't think I really answered your question, but that was on my mind. Hmm. Well, I, I do think there's a, a lot of truth to this this idea that Dan's talking about. That in a sense we are um, the sum. We we are kind of made up of the sum total of all of our decisions and choices that we've made in our lives. Now we're not completely defined by that because that's the past, but it does it does make us who we are as well, and we have to we have to find a way to be okay with that stuff. Um, Matt, I don't know if you have any response to that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm grateful that grace means all things work together for good. For those who are called by Christ Jesus. And and, and so what that means is, uh, we're talking about free will and that kind of stuff. I know that question's coming down the line. But the... the for many of us, we look back on choices we made and we wish we hadn't made them. Mm. Or, or there are choices we didn't make, but we wish we had made. Like, for instance, I, I, I wish that, uh, you know, a number of years ago I got fit and stayed fit so that I didn't have to worry about being fit now. You know, things, there's lots of, lots of things that we could have done differently. Uh, but we are where we are, that's what Paul's saying. I think beating ourselves up for not being somewhere else isn't particularly helpful. And somehow, this is where the grace works. I don't, God is able to take the most horrific parts of our life and use them for good. Hmm. And that's not a superficial thing. It's not a light thing to say. But it gets right to the heart of this whole thing of choice and free will and whatever. That, uh, yeah, uh, we do. We have we have choices, and sometimes we've stuffed them up. And and we are where we are. We we know how the brain works. That you're, the, you know, you, you form pathways in the brain, and your character gets formed by your choices. We'll talk more about that. Uh, but God takes us where we are, and somehow. Even the dark bits, he is, if we, if we give them to him, he's able to use them. Mm. Um, and it's not a superficial thing to be saying. No, well, there's yeah. that. Oh, sorry, Paul, go. Yeah, I can just um, confirm what you're saying there, Matt. When my wife died five years ago, it was the darkest period of my life. You know, like, there's no doubt about it. And there's an emptiness that still exists today. But the thing is, you have a choice. And that's what I mean. So the choice I made is that I trusted that God and Pauline were now together, but also allowed me through that horrible experience to be so much more able to talk to people who were losing loved ones. And it completely changed my way of thinking and acting and doing. 
And unfortunately, I had to experience that bad thing before I could use it for good. But that's just an example of God's grace. Uh, I, I completely concur with you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, w- I was also going to say, um, there's that scripture, Matt, that you love to, sh- to, sh- to share. You, you often refer to it about uh, light and dark. Um, what's, the, what's the scripture? Uh, everything that, that's brought out into the light yeah ephesians 5 yeah yeah that's uh, it. Yep. and and partly there's this picture it says have nothing to do ephesians 5 11 have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them hmm. he goes on in verse 13 says everything exposed to the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light hmm. so 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 Keeping stuff in the dark places of your life gets you anywhere. Sitting on stuff doesn't get you anywhere. But bringing it all out, making the choice to be transparent, mm. and so so that's that's the kind of this parallel picture of grace that God can turn the, the even the, the wrong choices you've made that can become a light for you and for other people mm. uh, if we hand it over. Yeah, or like as well like what paul was just saying there i mean a a a time of suffering can become Mm. a light as well like because he's paul you talk about that you made choices i'm sure they were hard choices on on how you were going to approach that Mm. yeah that that is so true everything becomes a choice and and it's a bit like you know we've talked about busyness and that today and one of my friends said to me once None of us are busy. We just make choices with our time to what's prior, what's a priority. And you go, oh, that's really tough to listen to. And yeah. you think about it through, we actually just make a choice of what to prioritize in our life. We're not busy. Mm. Yeah. And that really gets to the heart of what the Bible calls idolatry. Like it's the things that determine how you spend your time and how you spend your money are what are your gods yeah you know and and i think that's it's really it's pretty it's pretty pointed um i won't head too much further down this path but it is it is a really uh if we're all very very busy and too busy to spend time with god then it says that we have other gods Mm. yeah absolutely Absolutely. But I mean, it's, it's, it's true, even in just, just from a lifestyle point of view, Matt, I mean, I I know you'd be able to relate to this too. I mean, when you find yourself in a place where you're, you're busy doing stuff and and one of your kids comes up and says, Hey dad, can you play with me? And you say, no, I'm too busy for you. And then sometimes you have to stop and almost give yourself a slap because you're not too busy. You've, you've made choices that have, that have led, led you there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I think and this gets back to what we were saying at the start that in order to say yes to anything you've got to say no to other things and that's what Paul was just saying that yeah. that really we need to all be evaluating what are we saying yes to and what are we saying no to yeah and that's the heart of the journey of faith now Dan you had a great question from one of citywide's young adults yeah, it's it's um, been a joy having our young adults around at our place um, occasionally on Monday nights. And uh, yeah, I've just really seen Matt Kinnib wrestle with this question of if, if God knows our every decision, if if um, yeah, he knows the beginning, the middle and the end, 
then are we really making decisions? <laughs> if, if God knows what's going to happen with them, is that our, us making the choice? And I guess like, for example, uh, a passage that we have been referencing, uh, and maybe this would be one that he'd be wrestling with, is Romans uh, 8. And so starting from 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those that love him who have been called according to his purpose. So we've been referring to that. For those God foreknew, he has predestined to be confirmed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So I guess that idea of, of also God you know, influencing or, or um, uh, yeah, ha has predestined. And I guess I just wanted to, I mean, I think our conversation, what we've been talking about here uh, has attributed to the fact of our free will in, in, in decision-making, but, you know, this is a, a deep theological question. So keen to throw it to Matt and to Paul, that mm. debate. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting. I, I love that passage and, it's one of the ones that, you know, Calvinists use all the time to determine their um, their belief system, and, and that's okay. The way it was explained to me and the way that I'm really, really happy to accept that passage is how you interpret that first bit, to those God foreknew. Mm. Now, there's two ways you can interpret it. One is he's got a list and you're on that list or you're not on that list. The other way to interpret it, and I, which I agree with, by the way, the second way, is that it's a process he's talking about. So what he's saying is to those he's for you, in other words, to those who are going to choose him, this is what's going to happen. Not, not that he knew that that person exactly was going to do it. If you try and get, there's a, there's a nuance there that is very mm. important to understand. So for you doesn't mean that your name's in a book and that's it, or your name's on a list and that's it. For you means you are going to be giving a choice. And some people will take that for the people that take that choice. This is what the next steps are. Yeah. So I, th I think, I think we're very influenced in, in Western culture by Greek thinking. And it's something that um, we need to be careful of because the Bible wasn't written by Greeks. And so the, 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 that, that Greek, philosophy that everything has to be logical everything has to make sense everything whereas the the christianity is not a western religion it's an eastern religion and if we look back at at the jewish people they were far more happy to accept ambiguity and mystery than we are in our western culture where we think everything has to make sense it's perfectly possible for a, it was perfectly possible for a, a Jewish person back in the first century to accept the mystery that God could know everything and I could have complete free will at the same time, that both could be true and that that wasn't a problem. But we, we think everything has to add up and make sense. In some ways, I think it's almost like we can't think the way God thinks because we're not God. His mind works completely differently to us. And so if you try to figure it out logically, it's never going to make sense. Well, I think for me, the clearest example is Jesus' death on the cross. Mm. On, on, in that moment, Satan was doing, he was doing what he wanted to do. 
the Roman soldiers were doing what they wanted to do. The Jewish leaders were doing what they wanted to do. And ultimately, just as Satan plays his trump card, it's like God says, thanks very much. Mm. That card is actually the card with which I save humanity. And so that's what I, the, the all things work together for good for those who are called according to God's plan is my understanding of the, the, the this question of free will and somehow God is able and and there's all these discussions about so so does God know everything we're going to do in advance and all that stuff? they're actually Greek that's a, that 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 comes all, all of the the systematic approach to theology comes from a much more Greek paradigmatic way of looking at the Bible but ultimately understanding that uh, the Bible teaches both that both you are responsible for your choices uh, and that God somehow is able to superintend and overrule. Um, and and, and, and it, that's not so much a problem for God, but it is a problem for our intellectual constructs because uh, we can't imagine a God that big mm. that allows that to, to work. But that, that, that is actually, I think, my understanding. And, and for me, the cross is the clearest picture of this darkest moment that is actually also the moment of triumph for God. Mm. Dan, did you have a, any sort of thoughts or response to that? Well, yeah, as I said, I think these guys have done a, a great job of un, unpacking it. And, and my simple response to Matt has, has been that I, I just see the character of, of God and, and a bit there what Matt was sharing about, about that being embodied through Jesus and his sacrifice for us, uh, his decision in doing that because obviously tempted too in the garden. And he says, take this cup from me. But he says, you know, I know I have to do this. Um, and so I look and I go, well, this God is not someone that's, that's going to program us to worship him and, and therefore um, not, uh, you know, that we don't have any say in this. So I think, again, you look at the world today, we're used to yeah, programming. I mean, Skylar even has this little robot that she, you know, she puts in some different direction and, and makes it do this thing, but then she loses interest. <laughs> when I look at the character of God, he is creative, he's loving, he, he's compassionate, all, all these things that um, yeah, he, he wants to see in us, but it's our decision to do that. Uh, and, and so I guess... I just look at that and go, if we were programmed and everything was laid out, then I don't think that's in God's character. Um, hmm. he, he's made us to be creative. He's, he's given us a mind to do that. And, um, and he wants us to choose him. That, that's what I see as the big picture. He, he doesn't um, make us worship him, doesn't make us choose life in him. He, he wants that to be our decision. And that's, that's pretty massive to, to, to give us that opportunity. Um, and, and that's part of my sermon too, was saying even when we don't choose, he still gives us pathways back to him. Yeah, um, yeah there's always a way. Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Oh, you had something to add? Yeah, I do. Actually, I was just thinking about free choice and what Dan was saying, and um, God's graciousness and all that stuff. And I was 
suppose my ultimate thing is, you know, the Bible says clearly that God doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to have eternal life and come to And if we didn't have free will, how could that verse even possibly be true? Yeah. That was my thought. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Dan, can you give us a bit of a sneak preview into what we're going to be talking about next week? Yeah. So Matt and I are going to be back um, and... We're finishing off, I guess, that diagram. Um, we've still got more to say about it, um, but this week we're, we're talking about action. And it was so hard, actually, to talk about choices and not talk about action because they're kind of like the very next step that comes from your choices. And, and uh, so I'm looking forward to, uh, I guess, building upon what I mentioned there about how this is really the reality of, you know, of the reflection uh, the recognizing, the making the choice, and then the act. And it can be very easy. I mean, we, we've talked a lot today about distractions and putting things off and not com- and, and that, yeah, committing to things. Well, the action is that step of actually making it a reality and um, following God in that way. So, yeah, Matt and I will unpack that in different ways, with different points of views, but um, ultimately wanting to see um as we focus on jesus and what he's wanting to say to us um the actions of that um is what we'll be talking about um this sunday yeah thanks dan well this has been the next steps podcast we want to thank you for joining us uh please uh like share comment uh please send us your questions we really want your questions and um yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us in the journey and uh, we'll be back with you next week.